Welcome back to the Sower Seeds Podcast with John Straza, a teaching ministry that will firmly root you in the gospel of God's truth and love. And now, here's John. Praise God today. Welcome to the Sower Seeds Podcast. This is John Straza, and I have a just a beautiful message for you today. As you know, anytime I'm going to do one of these episodes, I always go to the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, what do you want me to talk about? And what's on your heart? And I asked through the entire week, really, and, and the Lord put it on my heart, I think at least three times. The very same thing is to tell them to rejoice. And that's what I'm going to call this episode, tell them to rejoice. And heaven is rejoicing because God is doing something in the world right now that will be awe-inspiring. He's doing something in our nation here in America that we've probably never seen before. He's doing something in our cities that is new. And he's doing something in our towns and in our homes and in our lives. He's doing something in the world. He's doing something in the entire world that's new and that's about revival. It's about a renewing. It's about resetting some things back to the place where they should be and how God is always desired. And God is just doing something that's above and beyond our grasp. We, we wouldn't be able to grasp it all. And when the Lord says to rejoice, it means that heaven is rejoicing. And besides, Paul writes that we should rejoice always, rejoice in the Lord always. So this is a scriptural concept. But this is also about this right here, right now moment, this special thing. God is doing something. And I think people are waking up in the morning just knowing something is up, something is going on. And, and those who are not living in defeat anyway and discouragement and bitterness, it's those who are looking to God. They know, they feel it in their hearts that God is doing something. And that's what this is about. So tell them to rejoice. I have two scriptures I want to use to talk about today. They're beautiful verses. They're both in the Psalms. And one is Psalm 124, which I'd love you to see, and Psalm 126. And I can't wait to just get in there today. My job is kind of easy today. This is an easy message, but it's an important message. And when the Lord is telling us to rejoice, you got to think about that carefully. Don't just walk out of this episode and just go let everything be the same. No, rejoice. Go rejoice before the Lord. Spend good quality time with him. Rejoice. Be thankful. Show him you have faith in what he's doing. That rejoicing is, is a form of faith. It's a deep form of faith. It says, I trust you, Lord. This is so important. But let's look at this verse in Psalm 124. This is a, a beautiful, just a beautiful verse. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side... Let Israel now say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the waters would have engulfed us. The stream would have swept over our soul. Then the raging waters would have swept over our soul. But look at this. In verse 6, but blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of a trapper. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made 
heaven and earth. This is a powerful, powerful psalm. It, it, it's just powerful from beginning to end. It starts by saying, if it had not been the Lord, this is, this is a place of victory. They're looking back on something. They're saying, oh, if God hadn't come through, this would have happened and they would have, they would have swallowed us alive and, and taken us apart. They would have swept over our lives. See, so David is bringing out here, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, and then he says, let all of Israel say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, all of these terrible things would have happened. You can see in there that then they would have swallowed us alive and they, the waters would have gone, but they didn't. They didn't. Verse 6 is, blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. It says, our soul has escaped. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our life, our soul has escaped. Eternally, and even in the temporal things that we experience here in this life, in the wars and battles we encounter. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have fallen under the whole thing. But he has not given us over to be torn by the enemy. Our soul has escaped as a bird. Imagine that, just flying out free, just free, out of the snare of a trapper. It says that the snare is broken. God broke it. That's why it says, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, he's the one who broke it. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made all of heaven and all of earth. Take that in. That's just amazing. So think of that side of it. So David's talking about this victory. And he's saying, my goodness, had it not been for God moving on our behalf, we would have been ruined. But he's saying and confirming, but God has not given us to them. Our soul is escaped just like a bird out of a, out of a trap. And now I want to take you over to Psalm 126. Maybe on your Bible, you might even see them on the, same, on the same pages there. They're so close to each other. These are short psalms. Psalm 126 is a psalm of thanksgiving. And it was thanksgiving for the return of captive people who were in bondage and they were set free. Just like in this other one, where the bird flies out of the snare of a trapper. In this case, we have this rejoicing going on. And that's what I want you to see here. And this is what the Lord is, is aiming at. This is what he wants. Look at Psalm 126 here. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, in other words, when he delivered them, when he brought them home and, and when he gave them victory and when he gave them mercy, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. And this is a positive thing that he's saying here. It's not a, a negative thing. It's a positive thing. It was like it was a, just a dream, a beautiful dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the people looking on, the Lord has done great things for them. And the writer goes on to say, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, 
as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping in the fields, carrying his precious bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his bundles, his sheaves, his abundance with him. This is just beautiful. People have been sowing, in other words, praying. That's what that means. They work and they, and they pray and they sow their seeds of prayer. Many have been praying for this nation. Many have been praying for a family member. Many have been praying for your church or your city where you want to see God start to move. He is moving and you're going to see great things and you've sown into it and you've cried. You've cried because you've seen injustice. You've cried because you've seen lying and deceit. But God sees it too. We said that in the last episode. He sees everything. And here today, he's saying, tell them to rejoice. But I just wanted to let you know at the end here, he who goes to and fro in the fields weeping shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, shall reap with joyful shouting. In other words, you're going to rejoice. And the Lord's telling you in advance, tell them to rejoice. This is so good. Look at the first verse. I love this. Look at this first verse. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. This, this is like a dream come true. That's what he's painting the picture of here. This is a really good, good thing. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. And I love this. It says, they sent it among the nations because you know how the Lord says, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That's what he's doing. That's Psalm 23. And it's, it says here in verse two, they sent among the nations who were looking on, the Lord has done great things for them. And then he goes on to say, yes, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. And he just continues a prayer by saying, restore our fortunes, restore our captivity, bring us home, O Lord, and, and bring in uh, the, the water into our land and, and engulf us with your presence. That's what he's saying saying, let the water come in as if it was going over dry ground and just nourishing it again. And the seeds that were sown start to grow again. Tell them to rejoice. If you are living in faith, if you are one who trusts in God, if you are one of this remnant of people who will stand in spite of what they see, then rejoice. This is for you. This is for those who really wish to trust God right now in spite of what you see. Rejoice. Tell them to rejoice. This first verse in Psalm 126 just keeps coming back. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Picture that. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Picture that. The tongue with joyful shouting. Picture that. Imagine it. Hope that. The word hope really means to picture and imagine something. Faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. 
Picture it. Picture the victory of whatever it is you are facing, whatever it is that you are praying about. Picture it. The Lord is so good. He's so good. I believe that this is what he's trying to tell us today. Rejoice, because sometimes in just rejoicing, we're showing God that we just believe in spite of what we think we see and that he sees something far greater. Heaven is rejoicing. This is such a beautiful thing. And he's telling us to rejoice. We started out today by saying, had it not been the Lord who was on our side. In other words, they had this victory and it's, it seems like they've just come out of it and they're like, whoa, boy, had it not been the Lord who was on our side. Now may all of Israel say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, this, this whole thing would have just swallowed us up. But he goes on to say, blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be swallowed up by these people, by these circumstances, by these problems. And in Psalm 126, he's painting the picture that we began to rejoice. We began to see that we have this massive victory and it's like a dream to us, but it isn't just a dream, it's real. But it feels like this beautiful dream. And I think what, what the writer was trying to say there is that this was the dream of their heart. We are like those that dream. And all along, they would have dreamed such beauty and such victory and such glory from God. God is working in the world right now, I think, in unprecedented ways. And we will see it. And it's going to just bring such glory to your life, glory to him. It's just going to be beautiful. It is beautiful. It's already beautiful. God is doing wonderful, wonderful things. And like I said earlier, my job is kind of easy today. The Lord has you know, brought me here today just to say justice. Tell them to rejoice. Brothers and sisters, take that seriously. Not just as a feel-good statement for the next five or ten minutes. Stick with this every day. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And, and it takes work sometimes to rejoice because what we see can bother us. Don't believe in what you see. See, see what you believe. And what I mean by saying that, that's something that a great evangelist said. Don't believe the things you see. In other words, the troublesome thing you see out there that's telling you you're defeated. Don't believe that. See, in other words, imagine hope in what you believe, which in the broadest picture is God. You see God in your heart. You see God in the pages of the Bible. You see his work in your life. Believe that. And believe in the victories you picture as these people here in these two Psalms even. The things that they had to go through, whatever they went through, they had to picture a victory. They had to look to God. And they saw the great victory that God gave them. And Psalm 126 is saying, rejoice, dream. It's like, this is like a dream. We, we're, we're in such laughter and we're in such rejoicing. And the Lord is saying today, do that in spite of what you see. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Think on the things that are good. This is Philippians 4, and, and this is something we've talked about. And here the Lord is saying rejoice. This is a scriptural command, and it's a timely one too. So I think my work for today is done. Now our work together as a people 
is to rejoice and continue praying, yes, but add to it a special time of rejoicing in your life. Can you do that? Can you do that today? Ask yourself, can I do that? And if, you, if you're saying, ah, I think it's going to be a struggle, then tell that to God and do it anyway and let him help you. Tell them to rejoice. And that is what we have done here today. I'm grateful for this message. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to read that last verse again when it says, those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting, and he who goes to and fro in the fields weeping, carrying his bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing in his sheaves, his bundle, his abundance with him. Amen. And we will be like those who, who dream and who are filled with laughter and joyful shouting. That's us. That's who we are. So rejoice, brothers and sisters. Thank you for being with us today. And we will see you rejoicing next week.